0: Let that ride up. What's up everybody and welcome back to After Dragons. This is our pre-game episode for May 26th, 2021. It's been a busy few months here lately as... The company I work for by day has been acquired, uh, so things are wild and crazy on the business front. It'll be great to dive into some comics here with you guys this week and hopefully to get these pregame episodes out a little more regularly. We have some new creator interviews up on the website, from Blake McCarthy discussing his very first Kickstarter, Territory number 1, to the recent episode with Fabian Nizieza, discussing his debut novel, Suburban Dicks. So check out the creator interview backlog. And we also have a few good creators scheduled in the next few weeks with H.S. Tock, the creator of Redshift from Scout Comics, joining us. As well as two, we'll have two episodes that are creators joining us for the second time. Uh, the first being Jordan Bloom, the co-creator of Hulu's Modoc will be joining us at the beginning of June to discuss the whole season and the reception of Hulu's Modoc that's re- recently released. As of this recording, it was last Friday. We'll also be having Andy Eschenbach, the writer and creator of Chain to the Grave from IDW, joining us for a second round, as there are three issues of that title out now, so we have a lot more to discuss. My own comics projects have taken a little bit of a backseat due to the aforementioned company acquisition, but I'm hoping to keep the shows coming and dig back into those uh, those, good, those good projects I've got. I'm telling a, a wild sci-fi story with Samir, and I've got a few other, uh, a few other irons in the fire that I'd like to revisit. Uh, look, also look for our Second Sight and Scout Comics reviews online, that's on afterdragons.com, As the time is found, we'll be putting some more reviews and hoping to follow up on on the monthly releases from those publishers. And with that, let's dive into it for the week. The first segment of the pregame show, if you haven't been here before, is the Keys of the Week. These keys come from the Key Collector app, an app that... uh, any comic collector would find some use in. Uh, you can find the current value with your keys. You can find any keys that you've missed or anything that's upcoming as well as a bunch of different uh, news and reviews or kind of news and details about uh, books fluctuating in price or books that have been uh, option for movies or TV series. It's just a good source of all the all that comic goodness. And every week they choose two keys. And this week's two keys of the week starting with the first chosen by Gotham City Comics in Mesa, Arizona is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin number three this is three of five it's written by Kevin Eastman Peter Laird Tom Waltz the interior art is by Ben Bishop with the uh, or oh, with additional art credits and cover art from Kevin Eastman Iso Escorosa, and Isaac Escarosa. The solicit reads, unexpected allies from the past reveal a possible path to salvation. As the Foot Clan sweeps New York City for the rogue Ronin, a final desperate plan in the name of vengeance is made. Spanning decades, this issue's action and and intrigue will set up the astounding final issues. So the last Ronin is one that had a ton of hype around number one due to a shortage on the if on the first print. And that really just catapulted it beyond reasonable. I do have the second print of number one and read through that and honestly wasn't super impressed, but I am not up to date on Turtles comics and I've not done a proper backlog read there. So there may be references and things that uh, were lost on me. Huge fan of Ninja Turtles from growing up with Michelangelo and Donatello being my two favorites there for sure. But the... The Last Ronin did not really hit for me. I I know there's it's the story of the last one, which of the last four has survived and you know who it is. But uh it's it's prolonged release schedule with these single with these issues from a 5 issue series coming out with months in between each one as well as the cover price being 8.99 meaning that it's in this weird in between trade and comic issue format that I honestly don't like. Uh, it creases the cover a lot, and uh, it needs to just decide if, if it should be a trade paperback or or a comic book and, and find somewhere, find somewhere to, to fall in place there rather than create its own form. It's kind of like the DC Black Label style books. Uh, just not too big of a fan there. The cover looks sweet. It's got a Casey Jones mask kind of hanging from a katana, so maybe there's some Casey Jones goodness going in there. And, you know, when I do finally finish my spawn read and my savage dragon read and everything else that I'm trying to just catch up on, I will turn towards the Ninja Turtles and maybe I'll regret and take back saying these these horrible things about The Last Ronin. But check that out if you can find it and uh, enjoy it if it's on your poll. The second key of the week this week will be Something is Killing the Children number 16 from Boom Studios. Uh, Something is Killing the Children took a small break over the last month or two but it is back and kicking this week with number 16 and this arc is promising the origin of Erica Slaughter the main character uh, this is written by James the IV with art by Werther Deledra and cover art on the B cover by Jenny Frisson and the A cover might need to double check I think it might be Werther Del Edra on the A cover as well yes Werther Del Ed- Edera uh, so great job on something's killing the children so far it's it's a it, it moved a little bit slow the first arc and a half I think were dragged, dragged out too much but it, it allowed you to really get immersed into the story and I'm I'm looking forward to see uh, to see what what comes next? The origin of Erica Slaughter will be great to to check out here. Apparently, it's a story that's been demanded. Uh, the we'll see what shocking events bring Erica to the House of Slaughter, and the House of Slaughter is this covert organization that's kind of monitoring society for these these creatures that kill children. And uh, when they find them, they they hunt them down and and make sure that society didn't know uh, anything about them. You could think of it sort of like. Uh, like a men in black kind of organization right um, apparently we have some secrets being revealed here and it's just a it's a new arc so if you if you didn't jump on something as before and you have space on your pole or you want to dig into some tenon, uh you can't go wrong here with number 16 and boom has already promised that while this arc will be grand and great, they have an even bigger arc or uh, bigger plans here down the road this year. So I don't know if that would be more like issue 24 or after we finish this next arc, but apparently there's some uh, uh, some uh, commotion that's going to happen and and some story that we'll see. This is one that I have been following since issue one. I regretfully did not Get grab the A cover of issue one. I got the like C cover, I think. So, you know, you live, you live and learn. And and when there's a hit series like that, it's always great to grab the A. Uh, as you may find out if you look on eBay for a number one A cover first print, they are uh, they've definitely grown beyond the cover price. And with that, our keys of the week are wrapped up. I want to spend some time here on our next section and this, this section is Rob's Picks. These are the four books I'm looking forward to the most uh, this week. And whether that, whether that be story based, author or artist based or all of the above, typically it's it's related to story. I, I do enjoy the, the story element and kind of that overall, tale being told within comics so most of my picks come i think with that in mind while the others maybe are ongoing series that i'm enjoying a good deal and the first of which is another new arc and this is coming from image comics it is manifest destiny number 43 this is their skybound imprint written by chris dinges with art and cover art by matthew roberts now they have been on a little bit of a hiatus as well after the first several 42 issues. And this is another one that I I am not caught up in yet. I, I happen to find in a dollar bin almost all of issues one through 25 of Manifest Destiny. And since then I've been able to pick up and find the rest getting me close to the full 42. And as soon as I, I hit that, I'll jump in and start reading. This is one I can't wait to start on as it's blending the, the history genre with more horror and kind of uh, indie vibes there, you know, telling a new story with Lewis and Clark. The solicit for this reads, new story arc, as explained. In 1803, Lewis and Clark were commissioned by President Thomas Jefferson to explore the uncharted United States westward, not to mention kill every damn creature in their path. Now the Pacific coast is within sight, and their long and terrifying journey is almost over. There is just the matter of resolving their bargain with a demon. Uh, in 2013, Chris Dengis and Matthew Roberts began their acclaimed historical adventure series. Now they begin their final adventure, and may God save our souls. So I think we're coming on the final arc, by the sound of that, perhaps, and we'll see how this wraps up. Maybe issue 50 would be a ending point for Manifest Destiny. If, if you haven't read it, check out the trades or find it at the library or start scouring the 50 cent dollar bins and, uh, and dig into Manifest Destiny. The new books are coming out monthly here with 43, 44, 45 all planned already. My second pick for the week is going to be Something is Killing the Children, number 16 from Boom. As explained, it's a, it's an arc, or it's a story I've been reading for some time, and it's one that I definitely want to follow up on. It's been optioned for TV and a few other things, so I want to see where the characters go and, and what Tenyon's really building outside of the, the small arena and small scope of the first arc or two. We really focused on a, on a single town and scenario and occurrence of these monsters, so our our understanding of, of the world that Tenyon's given us is is limited. The scope is very small, and as that expands, I think we'll see, uh, you know, what else what else happens. Maybe the origin of these creatures, or why they're killing children. Uh, that'd be great to find out. And um, yeah, who knows what we'll see here. If you find it on the shelves, grab a cover. The Jenny Frizen B cover is is pretty fresh too. My third pick of the week is going to be Batman Superman number 18 from DC Comics. And this book is written by Jen Jean Luen Yang with art by Ivan Rias. Uh, and Yang took over the Batman Superman title recently, uh, I think on issue 16. And it has been rocking since then, where I think it was a little Monster of the Week beforehand we've got these two disparate storylines and this like this new villain I O, who who's like mixed the the meta stories of superman and batman and they're like all caught up inside it trying to figure out what's happening it's it's been pretty cool and uh, i think yang is trying something uh, very complex for his first outing on Batman Superman and I can appreciate that uh, as a writer and as a creator he's he's definitely going all in and and wrapping different timelines and settings all into one there's some elements of the last issue that read um, at the same time you could read either the Batman world or the Superman world or both as you went through it so there's definitely some, some innovation and some creative work going on this one it's one of my favorite ongoing DC titles right now as uh, I've been collecting here since the first issue came out. The Dark Knight and the Man of Steel are on a mission to stop the godlike mm-hmm. Io from destroying the pocket worlds he's created. But where on earth did Io even come from? The answer starts not on earth at all, but with an ancient cult of world forger worshippers on a planet far away. And if our heroes are to have a prayer of stopping this mythic behemoth, they'll need to get to the bottom of his power source and quick. It's a race against time as the parallel lives of entire worlds hang in the balance. Um, it's been an excellent read, man. I, uh, I would I'd highly advise checking it out or finding the backlog. I think the trade, the first two trades might already be out if you want to catch up quickly. And uh, it's just, you know, taking two of DC's main poster boys and wrapping them up in some new stories. It's been uh, enjoyable. And with that, our... Or my... Fourth and final pick of the week is going to be Spawn number 318. And this is written by Todd McFarlane with art by Carlo Barbe- Barberi. And the cover, depending on which cover you get, is either going to be Taunton Revolver, Bjorn Barrens, or Todd McFarlane. And we'll discuss the different covers a little bit in our cover considerations coming up so we can focus on the A cover now. And uh, that A cover is by Taunton Revolver and has Spawn just uh, unloading basically into a a, a, a crew of uh, opposing soldiers and kind of standing on their piled up bodies. Brutal uh, brutal Spawn cover. But it looks great. Uh, great attention to detail and and dynamic posing on Spawn and his his guns and chains. The story will lead directly into next month's brand new title, Spawn Universe number one, which is a one-shot coming out next month. And this starts a new arc. So it'll start a storyline that actually spills into Spawn Universe one and then continues into even more new titles later in the ne- in the coming months, as this is the year and the summer of Spawn. So here's where any new Spawn readers can hopefully jump on and and see a little bit of a new beginning and the origins of a the next chapter really of the spawn verse and i was reading spawn 296 i think 295 all the way through 310 312 but then i actually stopped reading the the new ones as i've turned back to read the backlog and try to catch up in the old spawn and that was Perhaps not the right decision because that's bogged me down considerably. I've got some back issues to read now with the last three or four new ones and still maybe 200 plus issues of Spawn to read to catch up. So we'll see how long I can stay committed to that. But check out 318 this week if you see it. And uh, and as, the, uh, as a comic store owner has advised me keep your Spawn up. Always. Just uh, spawn is spawn is hot man mcfarlane knows what's going on and he can follow this on through uh, since the 90s man and uh we're just getting these new series going this summer that'll be great to great to dig into and watch that universe expand properly as marvel and dc and other creators have done with their titles a little bit a little bit more i've got some honorable mentions for the week that's very hard to pick just four of course and these are also on my poll and uh, ones I'm looking forward to. They just didn't quite make that top four. First up would be Alien Number 3. Alien has been an excellent series for Marvel so far, judging off the first two issues. But uh, it is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with interior art by Salvador LaRoca and cover art by Enyuk Lee. Uh, Enyuk Lee is one of a few artists whose covers I collect. Um, I think the the big three are really Inyakli, David Nakayama, and Superlog right now. I like Ron Lim, Kin Lashley, Valerio Giangiordano though as well. So it's uh, it's really hard to choose some some favorites. But the solicit for this reads danger on all sides. Epsilon Station is overrun with danger. Not all of it from xenomorphs. Cruz holds mission information back from his soldiers, but he's not the only one with secrets. We're not who we say we are. Interesting. Now this has gotten twisty already. There's a a kind of a an activist group that's messing with Wayland Utani and one of the soldiers that had encountered alien before. Cruz, his his son has kind of stolen some of his security credentials to get involved in this kind of activist sabotage for uh, against Wayland Utani. And he's been employed now to basically go and stop it. He's going to try to get his son back. So we've got a good father-son kind of story happening here, as well as just that classic Alien goodness. I recently made my way through the entire Alien series. Uh, I still have AVP Requiem to watch. But, um, man, a new appreciation for, for Alien uh, as a franchise, as a character. I'm really happy that Marvel has it under their wing now, and I hope that It continues to expand and and grow here. So, check out Alien number three. Uh, Fire, fire A covers from Inyuk Lee each time. My next honorable mention will be The Department of Truth number nine. This is written again by James Tenyon IV with art and cover art by the talented Martin Simmons. Cole Turner has seen firsthand the horrifying ways collective belief shapes the world and how theories can manifest and take physical form. But what happens when those thought forms start to have thoughts and desires of their own? What truths about tu- tulips tulpas? lay at the heart of the Tibetan Book of the Dead? Oh, truths about tulpas. Uh, interesting. So we're getting into the Tibetan Book of the Dead and these societal thoughts and, and truths starting to have their own thoughts and truths. Them. And uh, Tinian's just weaving this... This monstrous, conspiracy-laden story for us, just wrapping in basically every conspiratorial thread you could imagine into this one one story with a, a pinnacle of a department called the Department of Truth, basically editing and censoring humanity's understanding uh, of reality, of history, and and so much more. It has been a top-notch book and will probably be one of the best series again of 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 the year, honestly, the it the ongoing nature of it it makes it hard to compete with some of the other books that are putting out number ones and like bigger arcs. But every issue of Department of Truth has been a banger and uh, an excellent, excellent read. And Martin Simmons covers are this kind of multimedia style that's uh, it's unparalleled. I think I haven't seen other other work that seems so blurred and kind of psychedelic and creepy uh, with like this weird patriotic influence to it. Uh, really great stuff all around on the Department of Truth. My third honorable mention is Redshift. This is written by H.S. Talk with art by Brent David McKee and cover art by Amensay Nahuelpen. And now a. Pr- I probably pronounced that one incorrectly, so I apologize there, Amase, but uh, you have done an excellent job on the A-cover, man. Very cool. It's got a, a basically a, a dude dressed in a flannel kind of get-up, but walking with a space helmet and a hatchet and a chicken like, on the surface of Mars. So pr- pretty crazy, potentially, here. Let's check out the solicit. While humanity grapples to survive on Mars, the Ministry of Exploration pins mankind's last hope of resurgence on an astronaut who's scared of space. (laughs) In the Space Odyssey brew of total recall and interstellar, Helena and his team of explorers hunt for a new home while Civil War threatens to obliterate the last bastion of human life. Hmm. So it sounds like maybe humans did make it to Mars, but when they got there, they had a civil war. And uh, we need to go somewhere else now, or some other plans need to be done for society and for humanity. And this this looks great. Scout has been dropping some excellent books here over the last year that I've been reading from them. And I'm also looking forward to talking with the writer and creator here, H.S. Talk, uh, sometime in June. So we'll definitely be diving into this series and learning more about it on the After Dragon show, but if you see it in, sh- in shops here this week, grab a copy and, and check it out. My fourth honorable mention is a crazy one. This is one I picked a long time ago. I basically saw it on the solicits and it won me over from the cover, <laughs> essentially. Uh, it's called Trogs Number One, and it is from the publisher American Mythology Productions one whom I've not read from before. Uh, this is written by Rich Bonk, with art and cover art by Rich Bonk as well. Uh, superstar illustrator Richard Bonk, who, who's behind Hatchet Beware and Beware the Witch's Shadow, delivers a startling new vision of savage action and visceral horror. In a prehistoric world, a lone warrior struggles to return a lost girl to her people. Surrounded by enormous dinosaurs and bloodthirsty monsters, they will discover if the strength of her faith are sorry, if if uh, his strength and her faith are enough to overcome the horrifying demons that wait to devour them. This is an independent horror comic event of the year, according to solicits, with Trogs number one available with two covers by Richard Bach. I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait to read it, and I'm going to try to have Richard on the show as well to talk about this, this book, as uh, some of the indie horror stuff has been a lot of fun to dig into, and and explore both from a world level and a creator level. So if, if you see trogs in the shop, probably tell your comic book store owner that you did a good job on those <laughs> on those pre-orders. Because I don't believe you will see it in very many stores. If you happen to have it on your pull, man, we are we must be connected some way because I, I was feeling the same way about about this book. It's got one of these trog creatures with a mouth full of teeth, kind of reaching out behind a rock. Uh, kind of retro style, but I really really can't wait to take a look at that and and see if it's going to be an ongoing or a mini series. Probably many, I imagine, but um, excellent new horror to add to the list. With Sea of Sorrows actually wrapping up last week, and man, number five was crazy on Sea of Sorrows. If you haven't read that by Rich Doeck and Alex yet. Cormac Kit, so that covers my honorable mentions and up next I've got a few cover considerations and depending on why you're collecting or what you prefer to collect you know it could be the story it could be the artists and the creators involved others like to pull just crispy nice gems of a cover Uh, so just purely off the cover you know not knowing anything about the story these are ones that I feel the covers themselves are worth adding to a collection, perhaps. Now, many of these I'm probably reading already or maybe planning to get for other reasons, so we'll see. The first of that list being X-Men number 20, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Francesco Mobili, and cover art by the man himself, Lionel Francis Yu. Uh, The solicit is a very ominous two words, System Online. And the cover explains that a great deal because we see this kind of smoking, battle-damaged face of Nimrod taking up the entire cover, the Nimrod Sentinel. So the uh, basically the end of the X-Men, the end of the mutant race, or the mutant genes, starts with the creation of a Nimrod Sentinel or when a Nimrod Sentinel would come online and, and be at... Uh, and brought into the universe. Basically, they hunt, they'll hunt. they hunt out the mutants. So we see things are going awry in this issue, and Nimrod, who was in House of X and Powers of X, is finally making a statement and perhaps coming into the story here for the X-Men overall. Now, there's another cover that goes with this that has... Um, I think it's a an exclusive cover actually and maybe from unknown unknown comics. It's got uh, it's got one of my favorite cover artists here, Enyuck Lee, on it. And uh, yeah, X-Men number twenty, it's essentially the same face of of the regular A cover with that Nimrod kind of battle damaged face dominating the whole cover. But this Lionel or this Enyuk U variant from Unknown Comics, that I have ordered as well, has Magneto just viciously tearing his way out of or through the head of the Nimrod Sentinel. Uh, If you haven't seen the cover yet, man, it's worth a Google. Uh, Unknown Comics, Enyuk Lee, X-Men number 20. Magneto's just just ripping Nimrod in two with his metallic powers and looks vicious and mean as all hell. Uh, One of my favorite characters in this kind of new take on the X-Men would be Magneto for sure. So I'm happy we're going to get some uh, some more story for him. And I actually saw down the line there's a trial of Magneto miniseries coming, so I'm not certain why he's going to be on trial, but Marvel is uh, putting him through the paces. So check out X-Men 20. You'll definitely see that Nimrod cover staring at you from the racks if, it, if it's there. My second cover consideration is one that I'm not I'm not planning on reading yet, or I don't have on my poll actively, but the uh, scrolling through the new books this week, it definitely stood out. And, and that would be Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom, number one, from DC Comics by Easton. And uh, I think it's Yannick Paquette is the uh, the A cover there. And it's spinning out of DC's future state. The story of how Shiloh Norman becomes Mr. Miracle starts here. The Mr. Miracle show used to be the hottest ticket in town, whether you caught it on stage, escaping from perilous traps, or spotted him on the streets of Metropolis taking out bad guys. What Shiloh Norman forgot is the first rule of both showbiz and superheroing. Always leave them wanting more. Now it's time to start showing the world what a miracle man can do. Showbiz superhero rule number two. Timing is everything. There's a new performer in town who wants to knock Mr. Miracle off his pedestal and stake a claim to his famous moniker. Can Shiloh break free of this trap? Interesting. Yeah, so it's a... Uh, in, in Future State, in one of the Superman stories, John Kent resumes kind of ultimate responsibility for Metropolis. Basically, he moves into his rightful position as Superman you know, the guardian of Metropolis, and his father has is, is moved on past or Superman's done doing that. So in in his anxiety, though, he he takes the city of Metropolis and puts it in a, a bottle, essentially. He, he miniaturizes it and puts it in a glass dome, like the Krypton. There's a Krypton city that's, that's inside a, a dome like that, too. But he essentially does that to Metropolis to just protect it, thinking to himself, like, I can't protect this any other way so I'll just remove it basically from reality and and capture it here to protect it and uh, you know it's a good storyline with him realizing that that's not the right that's not the right steps obviously and uh, it also has a B B side story that tells the story of Mr. Miracle uh, one of the heroes or maybe the only hero who got stuck in Metropolis when the city was miniaturized or put into that bottle so he's kind of the only hope at that point uh, we just got a little bit of an intro to him there in Future State, so it's great that he's getting a miniseries here and that we'll be fleshing out another character uh, on the DC side of the fence. The cover by Yannick Paquette is, is minimal in the sense of colors chosen and, and detail in and line art, but powerful, I think. With Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom, the logo and title stamped at the top in black, the rest of the book is done in a, uh, a green-yellow orange palette completely that kind of blends between the figure in the background and and whatever his power is I don't know if Mr. Miracle has a power or if he's just a crafty escapee kind of guy but it's a it's a great looking cover it looks like he's kind of pulling at some lightning or shooting lightning from his hands and that those yellow lines crisscross down and contrast and blend with the orange and yellow work uh, really well I think that this cover will pop on the racks as well my third cover consideration is good old Spawn number 318. Keeping your Spawns up involves pulling every cover of Spawn. And uh, since since maybe 314, I've been doing so. The A cover this week, is, as discussed earlier, is by Taunton Revolver. And it's Spawn standing on a pile of soldiers that he's dispatched. It might be Gunslinger Spawn, but I don't think so. It's more like normal Spawn. His cape is just kind of up around his, his mouth a little bit differently. And then our B cover, as is typical with, uh, uh, with Spawn, the B cover is by Todd McFarlane himself. So this B cover is sweet, with Spawn standing on a building, kind of looking out over the city, and it's all dark, and he's sort of silhouetted there with just the cape going up to the side. Very classic Spawn style from McFarlane, with a big full moon in the city kind of lighting up the cover. On the building he's standing on, there's a uh, some red text and a crown, a red crown. And it says, the king is coming, uh, which is just ominous as hell. And we know why it says that now. I'll get to that in the pre-order plug uh, as... The world of Spawn is changing. We've got a, a big event coming here, and uh, all, a lot of the covers gonna be making references, and titles will be all tying in. So that's the B cover, and the C cover is by Bjorn barrens who's been doing several covers here lately, and he's basically done the same style as Taunton Revolver with Spawn on a pile of of foes that he's d- dispatched, but this time in a more like demonic kind of way. Where in Taunton revolvers, he's taking them out with two semi-auto machine guns. In Bjorn Barend's Spawn, is like crawling on top of this pile of demons, uh, you know, fighting with his hands. It's pretty sweet, and uh, can't wait to add it to the to the collection. All three covers have a sweet cover price of two ninety nine. It's one of the only books that still retails for two ninety nine. Uh, so support the Spawn and and uh, join the craze this summer. A few others on my poll list that didn't quite make the cover considerations or honorable mentions that I'd still like to mention would be starting with The Blue Flame, written by Christopher Cantwell from Vault Comics, with art by Kurt Michael Russell and a, art, or additional art credits and cover art by Adam Gorham. The Blue Flame is a cosmic hero. The Blue Flame is a DIY vigilante that fights crime on the streets of Milwaukee. He's a blue-collar HVAC repairman named San Brossum. In the wake of a horrific tragedy, the boundaries of the Blue Flame's identity blur even further. Now, before a universal trial, the Blue Flame must prove that humanity is worth saving. But in order to do that, Sam Brossom has to save himself. Can he? Uh, interesting solicit. Uh, with a new hero, a new world, and we are going to learn all about it in this issue this week. This is one I've, I have pulled for sure. I think there's a more retro kind of variant that I ended up pulling, not the A. But I just... Uh, would like to see what Cantwell's is going to build here. He's been telling the he's been doing the Iron Man run lately, so there's going to be some good, I think some good hero hero stuff in here as Cantwell will be able to uh, be a little more creative and build his own world rather than tell us a story from from Marvel or DC characters. Looking forward to the Blue Flame, and um, one of my younger brothers is, is in HVAC, so it's cool that. Uh, there's an HVAC guy joining the joining the pantheon of heroes and comic book characters. Pretty sweet. The second of the three that I wanted to discuss here on my polls would be Goddamned Virgin Brides, number five. This is written by Jason Aaron with art and cover art by R.M. Guerra. This has been a long time coming. Jason Aaron and R.M. Guerra did the first volume of, of the Goddamned in I don't know maybe two years ago three years back and this second one has been kind of poking along with number five the finale of the second volume delayed for months and months and we're finally getting it this is a a story told in biblical times but in like from a perspective of like the other tribes and like other kind of Bastions of humanity during those times, and like how people would have behaved with like no society or religion, no no social norms yet. It's a rough and tumble, wild, crazy, murderous, bloody world. And R. M. Guerra it has such incredibly detailed art that it is a it's a joy to read, and I can't wait to kind of have that as the capstone to the first and second volumes. Check out the trades there of that if you'd like. And it's great to see Jason Aaron still working on this, uh, on this other world that he's created while he's been, um, you know, buried in writing the Avengers the last forty-five issues. So he's definitely doing some other things these days. But his indie books are, are excellent, truly excellent. My third cover consideration will be, or sorry, my third. Book on the poll list that I'd just like to bring up before moving on will be Reptile number one. This is written by Terry Bias. It's a one-of-four, and it's from Marvel Comics with art by Enid Balam and the cover art by Paco Medina. Reptile on the Brink of Extinction. In the wake of Kamala's Law and his grandfather's worsening health, Humbert Lopez, Humberto Lopez, aka Reptile, Reptile has taken a step back from crime-fighting to refocus on his family. Perhaps it's a sign that he should give up on becoming a hero and finally come to terms with his parents' mysterious disappearance. Or perhaps not. When a mysterious figure ambushes Humberto, what unravels will shake the core of everything Humberto thought he knew about his past and will either change the course of his future or end it forever. Don't miss out on this breakout series by Terry, Terry Blass, who also wrote Hotel Dare, Deadweight, and Murder at Camp Bloom, and Enid Balaam from Omni. The art looks excellent in this one. Reptile himself, Humberto Lopez, is a character I know nothing about. Uh, so when I saw this this miniseries coming, I, I did a, a little bit of a look into Reptile and just saw that he was like a Latin American or a kind of Mexican, hero that Marvel was was bringing in from I believe the like uh, Marvel girls time Uh, but uh, it'll be cool to see them try to detail him and uh, you know I'm interested in in some of the other kind of new characters Marvel is testing the waters with and with these four four issue series might be a good way to uh, to check it out there's some first planned for this series let me see which ones they were again I believe it's the first ongoing series that Reptile has had himself, so that's very cool. But it's also the first appearance of two of his cousins, who I don't know if they have powers. But uh, And the first appearance of the Megalith is what it's called. And that's, I'm guessing, the big bad of the Reptile world. And we'll see. We'll see, man. That's uh, just an interesting one. I don't know if I'll pull all four issues or just check out the first one. But, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And I pulled up his, a little bit of his origin story. Let's see what this from Berto Lopez is up with or is, is up to. So he grew up with a love of superheroes and a desire to one day become an Avengers. His parents were both renowned paleontologists, and they taught him about dinosaurs in hopes of leading him into paleontology as well. Um, while accompanying his parents on an archaeological dig, the Lopezes discovered a fossilized amulet, and Berto eventually took possession of the fossil... During another dig, Berto's parents mysteriously disappeared without a trace. Although they were declared dead, Berto continued to hold out hope that they would return. With his parents gone, he went to live with his paternal grandfather in Sparks, Nevada. Hey, represent Nevada. I'm located here in Las Vegas, so that'll be cool to read, too. Uh, Berto continued to carry the fossil with him until one day a rock slide occurred, nearly burying him. He ran as fast as he could, and it wasn't until he was far away that he noticed his legs had transformed into those of a dinosaur. Wild. So he's, like, shape-changey. He's, like, beast boy, but, you know, like, dinosaur-y. And apparently he's been with the Avengers, and he was even, like, with... He was even in um, Avengers and X-Men, where he sided with the Avengers. So there's... He's been in the story for a while already but he just hasn't had his own ongoing and now is the chance there's all this heroes reborn stuff coming out that i'm just skipping entirely so i'm i'm looking into a few of the other miniseries and stuff to uh, to stay busy with i don't like events right now uh, the king and king in black the x men ten of swords my phone ringing in the middle of a a pregame recording everything The events are kind of weird on me, so I didn't want to get involved in Heroes Reborn again. There was one cover by David Nakayama, though, that I pulled. Uh, That'll be great. And with that, we're moving into basically the last section of the show. These are our pre-order plugs. These are the pre-orders that you can place now for books coming way down the line that uh, you can add to your collection and, and do a little research on. And the first, actually, it does have cover art by David Nakayama, who may be doing the whole series, which would be great. And that is Ninjack number 1 from Valiant Entertainment, written by Jeff Parker, with art by Javier Pulido. Out of the shadows and into the spotlight, the world's greatest super spy has been exposed. Colin King is ninjak, and he has a target on his back like never before. With enemies lurking around every corner, how will ninjack survive when there's nowhere left to hide and the world is gunning for him? Hang on to your hats, folks. Jeff Parker and Javier Polito are about to take you on a non-stop thrill ride. And Polito's interior art looks awesome. The coloring is is excellent and kind of like monotone, but but bright, like the one page is orange and another page is more green and turquoise. So I'm really liking the style there. And when I first started reading comics, I uh, was reading The Book of Death from Valiant. And I chose a few of the, the main Valiant heroes that I, I don't know, liked in air quotes or that I wanted to read more about. Uh, the first of those being Rai. Uh, the second was Bloodshot. And the third was Ninjack. Of my top three, and I've never really given any ninjack a chance yet, so I don't know if he deserves that that spot. I know Shadow Shadowman and Exo Man of War, and there's some others that that maybe would take the uh, take the third place uh, p- platform there, but we'll see if Ninjak can do it. This book comes out July 14th in uh, this year for 2021, with number two already teased as well. So there's some. Preview art, some interior art to preview and uh, the solicit available online. Check that out and and jump on a, a new Valiant series as well as add some some David Nakayama to your collection because man, Nakayama did an excellent job on this dude and I can't wait to see him do more Ninjaku if he's going to stay with the series. I've got two pre-order plugs for you this this week. The second is sweet. It is King Spawn number one from Image written by Sean Lewis and Todd McFarlane, with art from a whole list of people, Javier Fernandez, Brett Booth, Philip Tan, Stephen Segovia, Todd McFarlane, Marcio Takara. With a cover art of The A by Puppeteer Lee, the solicit reads, a historical new ongoing Spawn series begins. The launch of this book, nearly three decades in the making, further expands the Spawn universe, while a growing presence of hell, heaven, and heroes here on Earth, or with a growing presence of hell, heaven, and heroes here on Earth. A classic villain from Spawn's past has begun asserting his powers on Earth by corrupting as many souls as possible, and only Spawn knows that he even exists. Continuing the dramatic battles from Spawn's Universe Number One, this is where it all begins. Don't miss out, the last time a new ongoing Spawn series launched was in 1992. So it's definitely true here, uh, don't miss out on this pre-order, jump on King Spawn number one, if anything just for collection, if you're not a Spawn reader. If Todd carries this into the hundreds like he took Spawn, uh, it'd be a, a great thing to have, and it's it's just a really good time to jump into it and and see what uh, what the Spawn craze of the 90s was all about. There's some new toys even coming out, of. Um, they've teased the Redeemer, Violator, both in clown and demon form. As well as Raven Spawn and Gunslinger Spawn. So, Summer of Spawn continues and get this baby on your poll list. I've got the McFarlane cover on there as well as the Puppeteer Lee, and it releases August 11th this year at a 5 dollars cover price. With that, it brings us to our final section of the show FOCs. And this week, FOC is for May 31st, 2021. If you're not aware, FOC is the final order cutoff for pre-ordering comics. When you're pulling your books, you can pull about a month in advance. And publishers have a cutoff date where those orders can be placed. And basically every week you have another list or another round of books that it's your last chance to order. So there's a few on this week's FOC that are worth considering before May 31st. The first being Spawn's Universe number one, the one shot that we've mentioned a few times here with a ton of artists involved. Uh, it's going to be really the catalyst to this new Spawn verse. This is the last week that you can pre-order that. So if you want to have it in your poll, get it on the list, man. I am pulling three covers, the A by Campbell, the McFarlane, and I think there's a third as well. I'm not doing the whole Campbell series. Um, he's doing a... Uh, a single cover for each spawn character like she spawn gunslinger so on and so on i'm not pulling that uh that collection but i am pulling the alternates uh, the variant covers there savage dragon the other ongoing image uh, image title is at number 260. now i don't know if i'll still be in as deep to, to comics as i am now or if i'll be in even deeper when that awesome number 300 issue issue hits but I'm working my way through Savage Dragon and hoping to catch up there too as Eric Larson is doing something really cool with the, uh, with the book. And he'll be starting Ant as well later this year, his second ongoing for um, a book from the 90s that he's bought, he's bought the rights for. Another on FOC this week from Image is Undiscovered Country number 13. I'm going with all B covers on this, uh, but the A is excellent this week. And Undiscovered Country is Scott Snyder and Charles Soule weaving a wild kind of post-apocalyptic future America disaster story. Uh, It's been excellent, just hands down so good. Undiscovered Country was one of my favorite series from 2020, and we'll see how this art goes as far as having it compete for 2021. There's three books from Marvel that I want to draw your attention to with the last chance to order them being before May 31st, 2021. That is Gamma Flight number one, written by Al Ewing. And this is, af- this will start while Immortal Hulk runs, but Immortal Hulk is ending at 50 here come August or September. So Gamma Flight will carry on just a little bit over. It's a mini-series of all of the, uh, the Gamma Flight characters that have come together to kind of hunt Bruce. And It's their adventure, their solo adventure. So can't wait to see that uh, more Ewing Hulk stuff. I, I did not like Guardians of the Galaxy by Ewing or uh, They only find us when they're dead, but he's managed to keep me on here still with Immortal Hulk So I'm gonna give him a try on Gamma Flight The next one up is Way of X number three from Marvel written by Cy Spurrier and this has been Awesome. Hands down awesome. And first two issues were so great with some poignant kind of writing of uh, Nightcrawler assessing mutant society in its current state and really trying to dig into um, direct a or, or correct perhaps uh, some things that he's seeing where mutants are behaving differently now with seemingly invincible lives where they can be reborn and things like that. So it's kind of this new era of mutantdom that he's checking out. And uh, in issue two, spoiler alert, Legion, Professor X's son, was resurrected and has kind of joined forces with Nightcrawler as well, owing him a debt of gratitude. So it's been a very, very cool series. And I know there's so many X books, it's hard to, to pick out which ones are excellent or which ones uh, maybe are not quite. And I think Way of X is in the top, man. I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, however, sword another Ewing book I am not digging, and it's going back into events. Uh, really, through six issues, it's just been like event fodder. So I'm gonna drop that one and continue on with Way of X. The other, or one of the other X-Men books that I'm keeping and that I'm looking forward to is Wolverine number thirteen, and that's on FOCs here this week as well. Wolverine's all caught up in some some Dracula stuff. Uh, and it's been a, uh, an excellent run by by Percy. So check your FOCs and look for these honorable mentions, cover considerations, and picks this week. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. You can find me on Twitter at AfterDragons underscore with all the podcasts and reviews on AfterDragons.com and wherever podcasts are found. Good luck out there this week, and I hope to be bringing more episodes here soon. Thank you.